following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters, with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. Sit down, grab a blanket, and snuggle up with your furry family because it's time for Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care where Dr. Michael Takiwa will discuss everything you need to know to keep your fuzzy friends happy, healthy, and safe. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Here he is now, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Good morning, Pet Nation. It's Dr. T here, and this is Your Pet Matters. Today's going to be a different show. Um, And I want to start by... The show is going to be about acknowledging two of my medical family members who we lost over the last week or so. One was our clinic cat, Max, and the other was one of my technicians, Kim. Each left an indelible mark on myself, the team, and the practice, and will be sadly missed. So I'll start with Max. Max was a cat who was basically, I tell everyone he was dumped at the practice um, about a decade ago. Feral cat caught by a former client who lives in an area where there's a fair amount of feral cats. Her modus operandum was to capture these cats, bring them to me, she would contribute to the spay or neuter and then basically say, find a home for this pet. So that's what I mean by dumped. Um, at the time, he was feline immunodeficient, um, which basically means he was FIV positive. Um, it's a virus that cats can get that live outside, usually spread through close contact, but mostly through fighting. Um, and the analogy in the human world is Magic Johnson is HIV positive. So our approach with these cats are we acknowledge that their immune system is compromised, that as they get older that can affect them, and we really have to be careful about infections that they can occur and they're more prone to get infections. So throughout his life he had several infections and uh, numerous bouts with ringworm, that skin fungal infection, um, adding to his mix of medical issues was he was asthmatic, um, diabetic in the last year or so, and had cardiac issues. Um, There was a situation where he needed, um, he had such a bad toe infection that he needed um, surgery on that toe and he did not do well under anesthesia. So um, it was one of those things that we could not put him under anesthesia again after that. So we managed him with diabetic injections, his inhaler for asthma, plethora of of supplements and medications and dealt with each of the battles with his infections. Um, In the end, he just slowly began to fade. Um, 
may have had a drug reaction to one of the antibiotics that we administered several times. Um, and he became incredibly anemic, uh, weak, weight loss. And, you know, you never want your beloved pet to suffer. And so um, we didn't want him to suffer. But the, the good thing that comes out of this whole process is it allows me to explain to you as pet parents, as young clinicians, as pet care providers all over is the importance of collaboration. Max had several doctors in his life. He had a team of family members that would always take care of him. Um, we had a weekend schedule for him, um, and he was taken home several times on vacations for care. But he, but he had a team. He had a team of pet care professionals, and I, I need to acknowledge that team. Um, and the importance of that collaboration. Collaborative care is something that will enhance the quality and lead to better medical outcomes for your pets. So what do I mean by collaborative care? I mean that you're just like you, you have a human doctor, a general practitioner, or a day practitioner is what I call them, and that's me. In addition, if you have a condition that requires specialized care, you go to your specialist. Um, if you have a heart condition, you go to a cardiologist. If you have a skin condition, you go to a dermatologist. If you have anything that requires internal medicine, like an issue with your meta metabolic state, your immune compromise, you're under the care of a specialist. And in addition to me reaching out to several of my specialty friends um, for his primary care, he had inter two internal medicine specialists um, and a cardiologist. Um, Dr. Debbie Ward is boarded in internal medicine and she does mobile ultrasonography. So she came in and looked at him from that perspective, performed ultrasounds and looked at what he was dealing with as he was getting sick, um, inflammatory bowel disease, um, possible Bartonella infection. Um, Dr. Peter Chapman is also internal medicine boarded, um, medical director at VSEC, and I reached out to him on several occasions um, with blood panels for Max, with discussions about what could happen, and he helped in the um, final care of Max. And Dr. Ryan Keegan is a boarded cardiologist. He also is mobile. He performs my um, cardiology workups and ultrasounds, and he was caring for Max the last few years as well. So thank you to them. Um, their perspective businesses are um, pet ultrasound in your practice for Dr. Ward. Dr. Keegan has veterinary cardiology services. And as I said, Dr. Chapman Pete is a medical director at VSEC, which is a 24-hour uh, referral and specialty center. Um, several of them, but he's at the Levittown um, site. So thanks so much to them. And without them, I couldn't provide the best care for Max. And without them, Max would not have lived as long as he had. Um, 
we wouldn't have been utilizing the best medical approaches with him and medications. Um, and I would probably be at a loss as to what was happening with him at the end had I not had the counsel of these wonderful, highly skilled individuals. So what happens is, and I'll be frank about this, is I am... I consider myself a good doctor, <laughs> um, and I find myself very aggressive, very progressive. I can do good medicine for your pet, but it, no matter how good I am or any other general practitioner is, there always is a limit to what you can do, and I acknowledge that, and that's why specialties exist. So for your pet's best care, you get the the care of your general practitioner, and it could be emergent care as well. We have seen emergencies, but there are scenarios where we're limited in not only our skill set. I did not go to specialty um, education. I did not do that extra five to ten years of specialty education after obtaining my veterinary degree. I don't have the equipment. Um, rarely does a clinic like mine have an ultrasound, not an ultrasound. Well, some still don't. We all have ultrasounds, but we're not super skilled at using them. Um, CAT scan, um, MRI, uh, super good ultrasounds to do high quality abdominal and cardiac ultrasounds. Um, and the skill set to, to actually utilize that equipment. So we have limitations. Um, I'm not a dermatologist by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I can do dentals up until a certain point and then I have to refer out to the dental specialist. Um, your day practitioner can do some oncology but clearly you need the guidance of oncologists. Um, you know, Dr. Jenny Kim has been a guest on our show several times for that. So studies are starting to show the benefits and quality and length of life um, of a com combination, a collaborative approach. So, so your pet comes to us, we do what we can until a certain limit. If there's a medical situation or medical condition that requires specialty care, we are going to recommend a referral for that care. And then we work closely with these specialists. And I am fortunate and blessed that these specialists are close with me, that we can have frank discussions, yeah. we can talk to your um, about the best medical approaches for your pet and then come up with a medical treatment game plan that will lead to the best outcomes. So I can honestly say that Max <laughs> led a good life. I mean, he was the representative at my Kingston site in the window. Everyone looked for him. He didn't like dogs. And it was interesting to see how he would just tease them. <laughs> um, and he hung around and he was a, he was a great he was a great cat. He's a great cat, um, and I am honored and blessed that he was able to live as long as he can, he could, um, given the care both of my team but of the specialist. So the collaborative approach towards pet health care is the best approach for your pets. Let's take a short break with some messages, and I'll come back. You're listening to Your Pet Matters right here on 1077, 1077thebronc.com.
The following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters, with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back to Your Pet Matters. It's me, Dr. T. And we were just talking about Max. I'm <laughs> just reminiscing about Max. He was a, he was a funny guy. Um, I made a little tribute video to him of the time and stuff he did. He was a, he was a cool cat. Uh, I enjoyed the time with him. Um, and we'll miss him. We'll miss him deeply. Um, along the lines, I really want to acknowledge um, our friends at Hamilton Pet Meadow. Um, they perform the crematory services for us in aftercare, and they not only Max is now, his ashes have returned in a wonderful urn, um, but they made a phenomenal nose prints and paw prints for us. Um, I had several mates, so some of the team members can have them, um, and uh, they're just... I can't speak highly. I mean, more highly. I can't speak more highly of Hamilton Pet Metals. They're just wonderful. Um, great aftercare for your pet. And just a great, wonderful, wonderful family that family-run business that just do, does a wonderful job. So I wanted to talk about Kim. Um, Kim was my technician for several years um, and she passed suddenly last weekend um, which was a shock to us um, she suffered from pulmonary hypertension um, diagnosed about a year ago um, so a year ago she had to spend some time away from the practice for about a month um, with that diagnosis I was put on a medical regimen and came back and was fine um, got married in November to the love of her life, um, and then shortly after New Year, had um, another episode, several episodes, and was then hospitalized again for a few months, discharged at home, could not work, was on medications. Um, She did return for a short time, um, but was limited in what she could do, so Kim was a technician, and a veterinary technician's role is one of the criteria can you lift 60 pounds can you restrain and hold a large dog that doesn't want to um, have their nails trimmed um, so she was not able to return I think her limit was nothing over 5 pounds so um, she worked at the reception area for a bit um, and was limited in her numbers and then COVID hit um, and because of her medications and her condition, she's high risk. So um, her husband wanted her to stay with her parents, so she did that for a few months. And then um, I literally talked to her about a week and a half ago. She brought her cat in to see me. She told me how bored she was and ready to get back to work. She was waiting for a doctor's appointment to see what kind of um, work she could perform at the practice. And then this. Um, It's tough enough with COVID to deal with situations and to lose um, a family member of your team 
who played an integral role. Um, she was involved in training. She was the go-to person for a lot of the protocols at the practice. Um, what I loved was she was meticulous, detail-oriented, um, and was always smiling and laughing and, uh, and chill. She was calm. And so it was really... It was really um, a huge, huge setback. It was a setback when she wasn't at the practice for the few months. It really, you know, took a toll on all of us. Um, and now to think that she's not coming back is just, it's just it's devastating. It was funny, though, as, as, as life has it, you know, um, Kim was, um, when she entered the business, the description I was given of her was, well, I have to be quite frank. So um, I had hired individuals that claimed that she wasn't the greatest, and when she came on board, she kicked their butts. <laughs> so that was so awesome. Um, but uh, I think it's just, you know, it's it's what life, life is. Um, I really feel bad for her husband, um, Jake. Um, her parents, her brother, her sisters-in-laws, the whole family was very close. Um, you could see that when they got together. So um, my heart goes out to them. And her dog, Vito, and her cat, Fred, who um, I hope to continue their care the best I can in honor of Kim. Um, so it's it's... It's devastating for the clients as well. I, I can't tell you how many clients reached out to, you know, um, one client, they literally called the cookie treats that they fed her dogs, Kim treats. Um, her relationship with my reps for different companies, her relationship with certain clients, it was, you know, you as a team member, there there is, a, you develop relationships not only with the patients, but with the family. And there are many clients that would ask for certain um, team members. There are many clients who will literally only want to talk to that team member. And it, you know, it's it's um, it's one of those things that I actually encourage. It's it's you know, it, you have to make those bonds and those relationships. And and those are all just they change. They're changed. It's it's a changing thing. And, uh, There, there are no words. Um, I made a tribute video for Kim as well, um, but there are literally no words. And the teams, I mean, the the effect of losing a family member. You, I mean, anyone who's lost a family member or has worked closely with people and they're no longer there, that emptiness is is permeable and um, affects the entire team. I was uh, I was just looking back at texts that uh, Kim Kim would reach out and just you know we, we talked to say how how are things going and her, uh, one of her last texts to me was um, I've done five jigsaw puzzles <laughs> I'm able to walk Vito twice a day um, so my medication regimen is good so it's great that I can actually move around and get out and so there's always that that desire to return back to work and um, you know do what she can. So we miss you, Kim. With that, um, let's take some messages and then return back. Your pet matters. 1077, 1077, 
weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producer's Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer Wave Buchanan, and today I want to discuss some things that your dog will need to get ready for the spring. Although the warmer weather uh, might attract more outside activities, it's always important to keep your pets safe and healthy, of course, as the seasons change. So here are some things that you'll need to make sure that they are safe. Number one is flea and tick medication. Forget to give your dog his or her flea and tick medication over the winter, then spring is the perfect time to start again. The AKC notes fleas can infect your dog with tapeworm, and ticks can transmit Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, canine echolorosis, and canine anapomosis. Once your dog is old enough, you should use a monthly preventative medication to keep ticks and fleas away, but you should also regularly check for fleas and flea dirt. After you visit a wooded area or spend a lot of time outside, and you should check your dog over for ticks. Number two are vaccines and preventative medications. Spring is also the perfect time to refresh your memory on common doggy diseases such as heartworm, Lyme, rabies, and leptospirosis as cases tend to ramp up with warmer weather. Check your records or ask your vet to make sure your dog is up to date with his or her vaccines. And make sure you're administering other medications such as heartworm prevention on the schedule your vet recommends. Prevention notes not all vaccines need to be administered yearly. So whether you're a new pet owner or you have a dog for years, you should keep record, check with your vet to see what your dog needs, and make sure you get the right shots and vaccines for that year. Number three are new tags. Unsure whether your dog's tags are correct? Check them this spring and you, as you'll probably be out and about more with your dog. Make sure they're valid and include your current address. If you're getting new tags, make sure the follow Pet Health Network's recommendation on what you should do and what you shouldn't do. You should use your phone number, your address, and a message such as, I microchipped, but you shouldn't put your dog's name on the tag. It would be helpful for someone with good intentions, however, a person with less noble intentions can use that information to entice your puppy away. Your dog might spend most of his time cuddled up with you but you still need to keep his or her tags up to date. Number four is a microchip. If your dog doesn't yet have a microchip, consider getting one this spring. Again, because you'll probably be venturing away from home with your dog more often in the nice weather. The AKC explains microchips come highly recommended by veterinarians, breeders, and animal rescue organizations. And that goes whether you have a new puppy or a mature dog. A microchip can help you find a lost dog or even track down a stolen dog. If your pup does have a microchip already, make sure the information is on file and up to date. An old phone number or address won't help you in the event that your dog does wander away. Find out whether your dog will be taken if he is lost, and know which Humane Society or Police Department to call. Number 5 is a new leash and collar. Hate thinking about what would happen if your dog gets lost? 
then do your part to prevent it from happening. Check your dog's leash and collar to make sure they're still in good shape. Make sure a plastic buckle isn't cracked or bent, and ensure that a metal buckle is cor isn't corroded. The same thing goes for the hardware on your dog's leash, and if the material of either the leash or collar seems too frayed or worn out, head to the pet store and replace them. Even if your dog won't venture far beyond your apartment, you should always have a safe and secure collar and leash on hand. Number six is obedience or agility classes. Do you want your dog to learn some new tricks this year? Many obedience and agility classes start in the spring, so now is the time to find one and sign up. You'll have plenty of daylight hours to practice as the days get longer. Just remember to take it easy. If your dog has been cooped up inside all winter, he's probably gotten a little bit out of shape. Take things slow as you both get back in shape for the summer, and perhaps skip the long hikes and stick to the backyard when the weather is just starting to warm up. Number seven is a doggy first aid kit. Plan on going hiking with your dog, or think about taking him or her on a weekend trip, then you should make sure you pack a first aid kit for your dog. The Humane Society of United States advises starting with a first aid kit for humans and then adding pets specific items to them. You'll need a pet first aid book. Also write down the phone numbers for your veterinarian, the nearest emergency veterinary clinic, and a poison control center or hotline. Make sure you have documentation of your dog's rabies vaccination status and copies of important medical records and pack some self-cling bandages which stick to themselves and not to fur. Number eight is a safe fence. Another way to make sure your dog stays safe as he or she enjoys the great outdoors is a safe and secure fence. But a fence that hasn't been properly maintained lands pretty high on the list of backyard dangers for your dog. Walk the entire perimeter of your yard in the spring looking for any places where your fence is compromised. You don't want sharp wire or splintering wood to hurt your dog. And you also don't want an escape artist to find his or her way into the neighborhood through a broken panel. There are a few more ways to keep your dog safe during the spring, but unfortunately, I'm all out of time for this episode. So tune in next week for part two, and tune in every week so that I can teach you more topics, tips, and tricks to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Until then, back to Dr. T and Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer, Wade Buchanan, and I will see you in the next one. Stay safe, everyone. That was today's segment of Producers Pet Project. Your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. The following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters, with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. This is Your Pet Matters right here on 1077 The Bronx on your FM dial. I want to talk about um, COVID and 
what's going on. I, I made a video about um, why we still practice curbside. So um, in the vet world, curbside is defined as you can still have your pet seen. Um, we just got the green light to do basically everything that your pet needs to have done, elective surgeries, et cetera. Um, but the process is much different. Um, you arrive in your vehicle, you call. We get a history over the phone. Uh, uh, technician comes out gets your pet and we go inside and we do everything. So we are gowned, gloved, and masked um, for your protection, for your pet's protection, in addition as well for our protection. Um, at my particular practice, it is impossible to practice social distancing in the exam room. They are simply too small. Um, we will not get that um, six feet of distance between us and because of the small environment, it, there's a, a risk of... Um, of spread, to be quite frank. So it's, it's interesting because there are, there are incredible pros for both you as pet parents and us as veterinarians for curbside. Um, and I, I mean no disrespect, but there are, from a medical standpoint, for some, I'll take it from each perspective. From, from our perspective, we're actually better able to solely concentrate on the initial problem at hand. So when the practices, when in the past, when people were coming in, there was always multiple things going on at once, which actually drew all of our attentions, not on the one thing, but multiple things going on at once. And because we're seeing one patient at a time and we're getting a pretty, we actually get more um, cohesive and thorough histories, we're then better able to actually do more thorough diagnostics and you get more better resolution to um, medical situations. Historically, when there were ho national holidays, vet practices would actually be a little bit busier simply because you as a pet parent were at home to actually observe your pet and you observe any abnormal behavior or any medical thing and then would call us up. So the running joke in veterinary medicine is when there's there's national holidays for everyone, we're, that, those are the days that we're the busiest. And so what COVID has created by having more um, stay-at-home situations, I think, is that you're actually more in tune with your pets. I apologize to cat owners because I think cats are stressed that you're there, uh, most of them. Um, but dog owners, they are ecstatic, your home. And I've never seen people that I've never seen before walking dogs um, as I drive to the practice. And I think that's phenomenal because it's healthier for you and your pet. So to me, it's a big plus. I think you're, you're actually getting better um, exams. And to be frank, your pets are, for the most part, less stressed. I think they feed off your energy, and if you are at all, for those of you clients that are just chilling in the exam room and your pets are chill, that's fine. For you, your clients have a little bit of anxiety, and it's understandable um, in the exam room that your pets pick up on your body language and your actions, and then their anxiety increases. So there's a lot of pets. Even those ones that were considered a little anxious to see us are actually much more calm. Um, back there and it's almost like and sometimes when there's a cross between one pet leaving and a pet coming in it's almost like oh hey how's it going it's it's that sort of approach so I think it's it's very interesting um, and very beneficial so 
you're actually getting better medicine, to be quite frank with you, um, during COVID. Um, and, you know, it, not from my perspective, from but many perspectives, um, the general consensus in the vet world is, is we're very introverted and making communication to clients is difficult, so it seems much um, easier. Um, if it's me, you'll see that I go out and I chat with you because I need that. Um, I need to chat, and I need to see your. I need to see how you're responding to what I'm saying, so that I we, we're on the same page. Um, so I will chat with you with problems and everything like that. I, I don't find I get that over the phone. It's like texting; you don't know what the emotion is at, on the on the page, but when you're physically talking to someone, you can you can see. And then, especially if it's a medical issue, I really want to talk to you so that um, we can come to a conclusion about what the best medical treatment plan is for your pet. So I think it's definitely um, beneficial for your pet that way. Um, as things open up, you're going to see more and more people coming in and so forth. But, but I made a video about the importance. I think social distancing is more important now than ever. And I think the facts are showing that. I think when you're seeing these increase in spikes in um, cases, and not only that, I mean, as we test more, clearly you're going to get more positive. So um, the countries that have been successful are testing continually and retesting, et cetera. And so as we test, we're going to get more positive. But the thing, that number that concerns me is the number of hospitalizations. Um, we clearly do not want to overrun the first, well, we're still in the first wave, to be quite frank with you, it, but that really took a toll on the ICU units and showed the limitations of what we have, so we do not want to oversaturate those um, because it, it clearly means making life and death decisions like happened before. So what my approach is is that a pandemic has always had a second wave, and if you listen to the medical experts, that second wave is coming in the fall. So it's really not hitting here. What we're hitting now are those people that are either, for whatever reasons, are um, not practicing social distancing, um, you know, going out there and exposing themselves. It's those silent um, positives that are the ones that are uh, popping up again in, in all the massive group situations um, are not helping the situation. So I think that that is always on my mind um, is the second wave that's going to happen. And clearly to eradicate disease processes there are, there's two approaches if there is never a vaccine then the people who get the disease and survive are the ones that will survive the ones who get the the infection and die those will die off so that's the natural way of of you know getting resistance to this infection the other way is vaccines and um you know again history has shown that vaccines are able to eradicate or severely diminish the number of infected cases. And so that's the goal, because I don't think it's right to say, okay, you're a survivor, you're not. We're going to expose you both to COVID, and if you survive, great. You're a survivor. If you don't, oh, well, that's just the way it is, and that's just not right. So, so I think it's very important to continue to practice social distancing. Um, I know there's a mental health issue with a lot of this, and I'm actually glad things are opening up um, for those people, but just practice your social distancing. But currently at our practice right now, we are sticking to this for those reasons, um, but mostly because it's we can't practice social distancing in the exam room. Um, and, uh, you know, I think... For the most part, the team is doing a wonderful job. You know, you have to keep in mind that our profession was considered essential, so we never 
had, you know, the good news is we're still employed, um, but the, the stressful news is we had to come to work. We had to continue to come to work, um, as is every frontline worker, whatever role they may play in society. Um, so it is, it is, it was tough on them. It is tough. Um, you know, I'm pretty resilient and I find myself drained, uh, most days. So it's one of those things. So things will get better. The world will get better. Um, it's sunny out, it's warm, people are enjoying life, and I think that's great, but um, that's my take on COVID at this time, and it should it should change as time goes on, but stay safe, practice social distancing. If you are positive for COVID, practice social distancing with your pets. Right now, um, we can transmit COVID to our cats, and um, there's really no evidence that the dogs get clinical, um, but we don't know what the future is going to be, so just practice social distancing. And, um, you know, give us a call. Give your veterinarian a call if you have medical questions. Well, thanks for listening um, today. It was an unusual show um, dedicated to the memory of both Max and Kim. And I hope everyone stays safe and remember to love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. That was Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. You can tune in right here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Or to hear more right now, you can go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters, where you can download past episodes as podcasts on your favorite platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's progressiveveterinarycare.com. We'll see you next time, only on 1077 The Bronx.